And a good afternoon to you. Well, I tell you what, hasn't it been a beautiful day? Gorgeous. Matter of fact, the air condition is on. What about that? Yeah, we like to froze to death the end of March, and here we are, got the air conditioning on the beginning of April. If you don't like the weather in the mountains, just stick around a day or two. It'll stick, it'll change, won't it? I'm telling you, big changes, and uh, I like it. I do, I like it. And so, uh, anyway, we appreciate you being on board. 577-1296 puts you in touch with the text line, 828-884-9427. Puts you in touch with the voice line. And we'd love to hear from you. Brianna's producing this afternoon in Studio B. And so call us, text us, talk to us. All right. We're live, as always, unless we tell you otherwise. Glad to have you with us here on a warm Tuesday. All right. Well, good to have you on board. Appreciate the goodness of the Lord and appreciate God's blessing. It's been one of those days, a busy one. They're, of course, they're all busy anymore, but uh, glad to have you with us and appreciate the mercy of the Lord. Uh, let's do traffic here right quick and tell you what I got going on. There's a slowdown. It's in the, it's in the construction zone and it's right around Exit 37 there at 146. Of course, you know, the, the traffic, the westbound is all over on the eastbound side as they redo that slab through there. And uh, so that's off the pace as it should be. But it'll pick back up. It's not bad. It's just off the pace. And it'll pick back up once you get to the parkway. And the good news is that the junction is clear and even the downtown Asheville is better than usual. 25, 25A, 191, all are looking good today. R real good, as a matter of fact. A little better than we thought they would, just to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, not a, not a lot of problems there, with the exception of right there at, at 146, exit 37. It's pretty slow right in there, right, right at the bottom of the hill before you start up. But it's not long, uh, and it's not far, and so it's not backed up very far. Okay, going on north, everything's good. Don't see anything that way. Go south, everything's good to the state line. Let's go west. What do we got westbound? Well, westbound. We are backed up today within about a half a mile of uh, 209. So uh, it's uh, not near as bad as yesterday, but uh, still, still backed up. And so would... Uh, Encourage patience as you go into that intersection, go into that exchange for sure. And uh, yeah, for sure. All right. And then, and uh, let me see here. All right. That let's, okay. All right. Let's drop back out and let's go a little further south and see what's going on. Greenville, Spartanburg, not too bad. Uh, you've got the slowdown there at 14, which goes without saying right there around the airport on the southbound side and then there's a little congestion down on around 291 where it crosses there at the interchange and then a little bit there at 85 and 185 but it's not real bad today and I don't see any wrecks at the moment nothing to report so in the Greenville Spartanburg area so that's a that's a good thing i tell you something else, a good thing is these temperatures, man, alive. And here's something that you don't see happen very often. The Asheville uh, Jet Port, Asheville, they used to call it the Asheville-Hendersonville Airport. I think they've dropped the Hendersonville. Um, it's showing 79 degrees uh, with, uh, with the breeze out of the south at 15. It's a warm breeze. And when you drop down to Greenville Spartanburg, they're showing 77. So it's two degrees warmer in Asheville today than it is in Greer. You don't see that too much. You just don't see that too much. So not sure why, but it that's that's what they're that's the report. That's what they're telling us. So we're at 75.7 here at the studios. And uh, there's the high clouds, but nothing major. 
And as I look at the radar, once that got past us yesterday, not been a lot of problems since then. We've got, uh, of course, still got intense weather, uh, wind advisories and all the rest up and down the Mississippi River Valley, got all of that. And, uh, of course, you've got a blizzard in the Great Plains. Uh, they're getting hammered out on the uh, Lakota Reservation up to two feet and, and huge winds in April, an April blizzard, that whole country through there. And so, you know, the Badlands and all that back through there, bad, bad storm, bad spring storm. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's winding, it's still, still a moving here. They may have already cleared them, let me see. Uh, well, no, it's still on the rosebud, so it's still a, yeah, it's still a winding. And uh, pretty heavy snows and maybe even some bands of ice with that. Right on the northern edge of Nebraska and then mostly there between, well, it would be between Gordon, Nebraska and Rapid City, South Dakota is where your worst, your worst snows are at. 18 degrees is a current temperature in the midst of all that. Yeah, 18, with winds gusting to 23 and the visibility down to a quarter of a mile because of snow. Wow. So, uh, yeah, winter has not, it refuses to turn loose, doesn't it? Still got a grip. But around here, I'm glad to say that tonight, we're, I mean, we're only going to go down to 61 degrees tonight, which is great. Tomorrow, 79, 20% chance of showers late, 20% overnight tomorrow night with 62, 40% chance on Thursday increasing to 60 and actually a thunderstorm, 40% uh, increasing to 50 on Thursday night, 53 70% chance of rain. Rain is likely on Friday, Friday night, Saturday, and into Saturday night. Not near as warm. The temperature on Saturday, only 50. And we're actually going to see 39 Saturday night. That's going to be a cold rain. And uh, then we're going to rebound. It's not going to be as warm as it is now, but by Sunday we'll see 60 for Easter Sunday. And hopefully all the rain is going to be past us. Uh, so that's what we're hoping for. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on it. And uh, Sunday night, 40, most partly cloudy, and then Monday, 66. So if we can get this rain. Maybe we can get it out of here for Easter. We hope we can. And uh, but but Saturday and Friday and Saturday not looking promising for outdoor activities. All right, the fourth day of the month of April, the uh, network operating budget of Anchor Broadcasting. Uh, both the network and the general being sponsored by Daniel and Kimberly Nicholson and thankfulness to the Lord for placing them at the minister, in the ministry here at Anchor Baptist Church and for giving them the opportunity to raise Henry in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And interesting that uh, they sponsored this day back in Sherathon. Uh, I'm sure they did not know that uh, uh, she would be in surgery today or, or at least having a surgical procedure today. And so, uh, yeah, she had to be taken back to the hospital, complications from gallbladder surgery. So I've just returned from there. And so thank you for remembering her. She's out of surgery, seems to be doing fine. Appreciate you remembering her this afternoon. All right, and I don't see any birthdays or wedding anniversaries for today. Who's with us? A lot of the folks you hear on a daily basis, and then we've got some folks that you don't hear every day. So this, this is just the app, okay? This is only listening uh, to the app. Ann Arbor, Michigan, Avon, Colorado, Birmingham, Alabama, Brevard, North Carolina, Burlington, New Jersey, Dayton, Ohio, Fairbanks, Alaska, Fort Mill and Greenville, South Carolina, Hendersonville, North Carolina, Houston, Texas, Lancaster, South Carolina, Louisville, Ohio, uh, Maiden, North Carolina, Manchester, Michigan, Morrisville, North Carolina, Plymouth, Minnesota, Rock Hill, South Carolina, San Jose, California, Spokane, Washington, Toledo, Ohio, UK, Europe. I can see that. I don't know where, but I can see them. White Plains, New York, and Williamston, South Carolina. 
round out the ones that we can determine this afternoon, and we are glad to have you. Uh, 26 inches, I'm being told, from one of our missionaries in Casper. Casper, Wyoming, yesterday got over two feet, 26 inches. And again, this is not a, uh, a pretty snow that just snows and falls straight to the ground and all like that. No, this is a storm, and it's a pretty good, pretty big one and blowing everything around, and uh, the drifts out there get to be crazy. And when you have temperatures as cold as they are, it's a very dry powder snow, and it'll blow the road full and close everything down. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, everybody just hunkers down. That's all you can do and when it when it gets that deep. So anyway, yeah, our prayers are with them. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, imagine going up to, uh, Ski Wolf and stick your head in one of the snow machines and uh, that, it'll hit you in the face. That's about what it's like to be out there. I mean, it, it sticks to the windows. It sticks to everything. And uh, I had uh, um, a missionary there. He, uh, there on the, on the Coda Reservation, he made a statement. There was sunflower, sunflowers across the street, across the road. There were miles and miles of sunflowers and they were there in the fall and he said boy I hope they leave those all winter and I said they don't harvest them all at the same time he said no they let them stand in the field and then they will harvest them I guess as they need them he said but I hope they let those stand all winter and I said why he said because they'll act as a snow break now these sunflowers are probably head high he said, but they'll act as a snow break and, and keep that snow off of us. He said, when they plow that field in the winter, he said, the snow comes across there and piles up in front of the church. He said, sometimes it's so deep you can't, you can't even scrape it. You've got to dig it with a front end loader. It's so deep. So hard for me to imagine that, you know, hard for me to imagine living in that. Hard to imagine farming in that, but they do. I don't, I don't, see, how the, I don't, I don't see how the buffalo live in it much less domestic stuff. I, I just don't see how they do it. Cold as it is and as deep as it is and all the rest, I just don't see how they do it. But they do it. So uh, anyway, yeah, all right. Well, let me, let me uh, let's talk about uh, disaster here for a minute, and let me tell you what we got going. We'll say thank you to some folks who have given, and uh, thank you for standing with us and helping us with our uh, tornado disaster relief. We stopped calling it Deep South now because we're hoping to be able to expand our efforts to some of the other places that have been hit. Uh, this particular gift is designated for Georgia, and it's a $1,000 gift, and we say thank you for that uh, anonymous gift. We'd like to say thanks to the Harmony Heights Baptist Church in Joplin, Missouri. That church was completely destroyed back when the the terrible, terrible, terrible uh, tornadoes hit. I don't know the year. Uh, Twelve. I don't. I don't know. Twelve, thirteen. People in the church were killed. Uh, and Brother Charlie's a great blessing, and they send a thousand dollars to help these other churches. Thank you. Churches that have been through it are usually the first to step up and to help others that are going through it. Here's a five dollar gift. Thank you. Appreciate uh, Miss Lance from Brevard, a $75 gift. God bless you. And then thanks to Miss Lindsay from Zirconia, a $500 gift. Thank you. God bless you. So that brings our total now in our disaster relief efforts. This is the day, well, if we count, uh, let's see. So we started on Monday, so this, this past Monday would have been 8. This will be day 9. And so on day nine, our total is $16,589. Let me tell you again that you can give three ways. You can uh, come by or, or, or mail it to us here at 3232 Hendersonville Highway. You can go to our online portal, anchorbaptistdisaster.net. That's set up. It on, stays on all the time, and, and you can go to that anytime and give. Or you can call us and do a debit or credit card over the phone. You can even make a pledge over the phone, but it's a short-term thing. I mean, in other words, you, you know, you're you're pledging it and you want us to know it's coming, and then you'll mail the check in or whatever. That's that's fine. 
or even come by and pay it. That's fine. If we know what's coming, we know what kind of what to expect. It'd be a blessing. But uh, whatever, whatever works the best for you, okay? Thank you. You've given so much. You've supported so much. I'm ashamed to ask. And I, and I wouldn't ask for us. And, of course, not a dime of this stays here. It's, it's all for others. And so thank you. As you know, we're not the only ones that do disaster relief. There are many other worthy uh, opportunities. Uh, but this is what we do, a couple of things that we, that we take a pretty strong stand on. Number one is that we don't keep any of it. Uh, somebody said, well, how much of it actually gets to where it's going? How much did you give? Uh, that's how much they get. In other words, if, if, if the bank only gives us $97 out of a $100 gift because you put it on a credit card, then they get $97. But they get all $97. They don't get $96.99. They get $97, whatever is deposited into our account. We volunteer our bookkeepers. We volunteer our secretaries. We volunteer all of that. And we don't charge a commission. We don't charge for operating expenses. We, we never have. We don't. Yeah, I know that that's you wear your equipment out, and I, I realize that. I know that. But uh, the Lord will provide. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've, I've got a, I've got an issue with that. I hate to be that way, but I do. I've got a, got an issue with uh, more going to bureaucracy than goes to the people. I don't know what the latest numbers are, but there's there's national mission boards, denominational missions that years ago they kept 82 cents of each dollar. 18 cents actually got to the missionary. I got a problem with that. A real problem with it. So, anyway. And again, I did not set out. It was my. It was not my. It was not my intention to start a second fund to compete with disaster. I I, I didn't mean to do that. Um, but I got a phone call from one of our national missionaries. He graduated Puerto Rican the the, the, the Bible college there in Puerto Rico, Brother Johnny Daniels, Brother Wefley. Wefley's on the north end of the island of Haiti, above Port-au-Prince. They've got, the crime has got the capital locked down, the main port. They're having a tough time getting anything to eat. The climate, it was a drought again during growing season. They didn't make hardly anything in their gardens, and they live off the ground pretty much. And then the crime they're stealing all the imports that are coming in. They steal it, and then they sell it on the black market. And in turn, that has caused the cost. We're paying three times what we should be paying for rice. It's costing us triple for rice. And it makes me mad all over. But what do you do? I mean, I don't like supporting that outfit for sure. But uh, I, I don't know what to do about it. I, I'll be honest with you. We're, I mean, I should be buying rice for a dollar forty. I mean, I should be buying rice for forty-five cents a pound, roughly, here at stateside. Matter of fact, I can buy it in the islands. I can buy it in Puerto Rico for that about forty-five, fifty at the most. We're paying a dollar forty cents a pound. And it is in a dollars. It's it's American rice, and it's being priced in American dollars. So a thousand dollars at a dollar forty cents, uh, you know, a thousand dollars don't buy much. Uh, I mean, it really doesn't. And uh, so it is. Uh, it buys like seven hundred and fourteen pounds. So, because and it's sold in twenty five pound bags. So te technically seven hundred. 700 is all we're going to get, about 700 pounds. And so what we're doing is we're busting the bags. We don't give it one family 25 pounds. We give them a scoop of rice just to get them by. And so but we've got six churches that we're trying to feed. We've got school children that are hungry. The parents won't come get the kids. 
because they don't have anything to feed them at the house. They won't come to school and get them. So, yeah, it's up to the school, up to, up to the teachers to feed them, up to the missionary. It's a mission school, and it's up to the missionary to feed them, and he don't, he don't have anything to feed them. So it's a bad situation, bad situation. So I appreciate folks helping us respond to Haiti. Once again, somebody said, how much is get, well, that's good, getting to Haiti? Whatever comes in. As I told you, that's exactly how much they'll get. And uh, we have a, a wire account we set up. We, we wire directly to Wefley all the time. And so we will wire directly to his account. He'll buy it, and then he will distribute it to those various churches to distribute to their congregations. So I said, how about evangelistic outreach? We can't afford it. I mean, if we had a lot of money, the problem is if you had a lot of money and could buy a lot of rice, then you would have a lot of problems because people would find out about it and they would run you over to get it. Plus you have, if the, if the criminals knew about it, then they'd take it away from you. So to get a big truckload or something just doesn't work. We sent 12,000 pounds down to the southern shore in February, but not one drop of it got to the north. The northern side and so far we've not been able to secure taking the ship around that side so far we're still working on it but the uh, it's a very corrupt system it's a very corrupt government and basically if you'll pay the people off you can do anything the government workers if you'll pay them because they're not getting paid the government's about broke well I say that they're not getting paid I guess much but they, if you're in a position, you use that position. That's how you make your money. So if we would be willing to bribe them, then they'd probably let us come in with a ship. But because they won't guarantee our security because of you know several things, there's just not a dock that's in good shape. It's just a, a whole set of bad circumstances, and we've not so far been able to overcome the northern side of that thing. I'd like to say thanks to a lady from Toxaway and a $200 gift. Thank you. Appreciate that. And then a $5 no-name gift. God bless you. Thank you. And so our goal is, day after tomorrow, is to send another 1,000 down, and that'll be another 700 pounds uh, for this week because, you know, we they, like I say, they didn't get much last week. So we're going to try to. So I said, well, how long can you do that, preacher? Well, I don't know. In COVID, we did it. We fed Haiti, what, April, May, and June when they was in lockdown? Was it something like that? At one point during COVID, the people of Western North Carolina and our listening audience were feeding, and I'm, I'm going to stick, stack a number out here. I think I'm right. 1,876 families, families, not people families were going to church to get food weekly. That's how bad it was. We were feeding in Philippines, Pakistan, India, Haiti, Venezuela, Bolivia. Uh, I'd have to go back and look where else, but yeah, it, yeah, it was something. And uh, but then but back then, it was, you know, rice was a whole lot cheaper than it is now, for sure. For sure. Well, let me give you a couple of updates here, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we are uh, getting heard me talk about it lately. Somebody asked. And so I thought I'd tell you, I've just come back from Hendersonville and just finished the application for septic up on the mountain. And so uh, we're excited about that. We've cleared zoning and we have cleared the, uh, I guess, the stormwater runoff and then the, uh, all those environmental aspects of that. And then also we've cleared the, the 911 system and the, and the addressing and all that. Got an address signed today. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, doing some work and getting prep to uh, about septic tank placement. And then from there, once we get that permit in hand, then we, were, we have ready to start uh, our application on our, on our, uh, on our building permit uh, to put the cabin. Yeah, 
upon the point. And when we're finished, the Lord willing, we will have just under a 2,000 square foot cabin. It will have, depending on how this septic thing goes, either three or four bedrooms. And it has got one of the prettiest views in western North Carolina that I know about. Breathtaking. And so we call it the Preacher Project. We're hoping to be able to uh, have the money to be able just to throw people the keys and say, go up there and get you a week, hide out and refresh and relax and come apart before you come apart, you know, for sure. So uh, that's something, I mean, it's what we won't do. The cabin was donated, but it has cost a lot to get it down here and it's costing a lot to get it back to the top of the mountain. And so it is our hope to be able to uh, continue this progress forward. We had to wait on several things, but we got some things squared away and we are moving in that direction. Also, we are uh, nothing standing in the way of the pavilion. We're ready to, to move toward that, but it's hard to have two major construction projects going at one time, but uh, that is, uh, that's, that's at least the plan is to be able to start in that direction and start putting some timber in the air here just uh, just pretty shortly and uh, we're, we're grateful for that we're also grateful and thankful for uh, the work that's being done we have on the transmitter that's another big project that we're working on and what's happened is if we had swapped it where it was in other words if we had taken the old 50k out put the new 50k in then there would have been little to do but because God provided the funds we're not wanting to take one out and put another one back we're wanting to put in two and we're wanting to put them in side by side in different little pods that have some separation between them and now we're hoping to put in separate audio processing separate everything so that we have redundancy. So if we have a, a, something that goes down, something that goes wrong, we can flip a switch and we can actually switch entire sides from one side to the other. But we're, we had to put in a, a, a motorized coaxial switch that switches the big old rigid solid copper coax. Had to put that thing in. That's been a real job to get it in. And then we had to redo the electrical the electrical was not sufficient. The old side was 10,000 and it used 208 wiring, 208 three phase, and the new one is 480 volts three phase. So we had to do a complete, <laughs> a, a complete rewire that we were not counting on. And so, and then on top of that, the old, the old one, the 10 had a just a, uh, uh, a ventilation system pulling the outside air in through the transmitter and back out of the building. Just a vent system, a, a negative pressure system. Well, you can't do that with a new one. And uh, you can't get enough air when it's hot. You can't get enough air across it to make that work. So we are, and besides that, it gets dirty from pulling the air. Even though you filter it, it gets bugs. It's amazing. I mean, bugs that that thing pulled in. And the other thing is, like you got a, it's cold and it's a, it's a damp morning and fog. That thing pulling that damp air in, it, everything gets wet. I mean, the internal workings of the transmitter gets dew on it. And then you fire that thing up and you got problems. So we're going with a closed system, meaning that the outside air will never change with the inside air. Uh, it will it can't. It'll be a closed system to where it uh, recirculates what's inside and it cools it, has coils. But again, that's been a big, uh, a big deal, you know, getting in a, a big cooling system. And we have to have, we have to have air conditioners that work at zero. And a lot of people maybe say, well, why would you need an air conditioner at zero? Again, because it's a closed system. 
So it has to transfer the heat that's being generated on the inside to the outside. And air conditioners will freeze up and they will actually, uh, if, you, if you do that in the wintertime, it'll freeze up or if you run your air conditioner or you'll actually get fluid. You'll actually get Freon in the, in the uh, liquid state into your compressor. So there are valves to prevent that and then there are switches that prevent the fan from running on the outside unit so that it dissipates the heat uh, without, you know, cool, cooling it too much, I guess is the words I'd say. It's just a, a passive dissipation to keep it from freezing. You pass that, that air through there and you freeze your coils. Anyway, there's a lot to it, and it's just now been a matter of time getting it all together. And I, But I'd rather get it right, do it the first time, do it right, than I had hurry up, get it on the air, and try to fix it later. That later never comes, you know. So we're fine with the one we have, but uh, the new one should be online here. Well, I might well give a time frame, but put it this way, sooner than later. It's not going to be as long as it has been. And again, we're, we're excited about that and uh, glad that that is coming to pass, very much so. Glad that that is coming to pass. All right, so these are just some, some things that we have going. Also wanted to mention that our team has arrived safely in uh, Cebu and coming through so uh, Seoul, South Korea, and then on down to Cebu in uh, the central islands of the Philippines. And then from there, they have caught a flight over to Legaspi, which is in the south end of the southern part of the big island, the Luzon. And that's where a lot of our works are at. And they'll be preaching all up and down that island and then have a, a pastor's conference there as well. I've got five young Filipino gentlemen that are preachers that I'll have in class here in about 20 minutes. Uh, they Zoom in, but the difference is that it is 12 hours off, and so they have to get up at 5 a.m. to be in class at 6.15, and they will Zoom in. Pretty cool how it works. Of course, they speak English. English is their third language. They will have their provincial language or their, uh, I don't, don't, don't hardly call it a tribal language, but it kind of is, Cebuano, uh, you know, or Bicolano. There's a whole bunch of different ones, Ilocano, you know, all the different islands, the 7,000 islands. So there's lots of languages. So they'll have their, their, their local language, their dialect or their local language, which does not necessarily just a dialect of, of the big languages. I mean, they're completely, completely different sometimes. And then they will have either one or two if they're in, uh, if they are in Visayas region, they'll speak Cebuano. And then if they speak Cebuano, typically in school, they make them learn Tagalog, which is the national language. If they're in the Luzon North, uh, then they're all going to speak Tagalog anyway. That is the only language around Manila. But if they're in Visayas, then they speak whatever language they speak, you know, there locally, provincially. And then they will speak the Cebuano language, and then they'll speak the Tagalog language. And so for some, English is their fourth language. And so I teach in mountain English, and they listen. And they do very well. So we have live students in the classroom, and then I've got big monitors, big giant televisions across the back of the room. And I'm looking at each one of those students, and I can talk to them. They can talk to me. They can raise their hand and uh, ask questions and all the rest. And what we've done is we put a series of cameras in the Bible college. So there's one on me, so I show up as one screen. There's one on the, the students here. So the class here, that's another screen. Then each of the Zoom students, that's a different screen. So by looking at all that together, they can see me. When I talk, my mine gets bigger. And then they can see what the reactions of the other students are uh, in the U.S. and then each of the Philippine students see each other. And they're not all in the same place. We have several that are, but we have one that's on a different island altogether and providing the Internet connections good. So all this technology, we, we had it before COVID, but we weren't that good at it before COVID. COVID kind of made us get good at uh, distant learning. So we're... 
Somebody said, y'all are online. No, no, it's all live. It's just distant, distant learning. You zoom into the class and you take tests live. You do everything live. And so I said, well, how do you hand the papers out? I email them to them. And then they do the work and email it back to me. Yeah. So we have a program in the Philippines that mirrors this one. The leadership team here where we have dorm students have a program that mirrors that there uh, with our national pastors in the Philippines. So God has blessed it. And we are, we are thankful that the Lord has done what he's done with it. We are very, very thankful, very, very grateful, and uh, certainly blessed at all the Lord has done and all the things that the Lord continues to do. Uh, I was, uh, was going to mention this. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Uh, the uh, Saudi Arabians, they have... Of course, they're doing a lot of things, but they have decided to cut oil production. By, I think it's I think it's a million barrels a day. To try to drive the price up. And it's already working. Prices are starting to go back up, and so you'll see that. And then I'm looking at a report. I have not read it, but uh, they're saying that Saudi Arabia is. Uh, is trying to adopt an economic strategy independent of the U.S. because they have been closely tied to us. But they cite due to declining relations with the Biden administration. And that cut, by the way, OPEC and the country announced a cut in oil production of around 1.6 million barrels per day to try to, what they say, achieve market stability. And what it means is try to raise the price. So, uh, yeah, cutting, cutting production. And uh, so already the prices are going up. The oil stocks did well yesterday. Oil companies went up. And uh, so anyway, we're, we're watching all of that. The, uh, there have been uh, other production cuts. United Arab Emirates, they're cutting 144,000 barrels per day. Kuwait reduced its output by 128,000 barrels. Oman, 40,000 barrels. Algeria, 48,000 barrels. Kazakhstan, going to cut by 78,000 barrels per day. And so, yeah. And uh, anyway, the... uh, and, and this is what, this is what, here's what gets, makes all this aggravation. This is what makes all this aggravation, okay? So, according to the Financial Times, they're saying that the decision to adopt an economic strategy independent of the United States is because of the Biden administration. And the Biden administration ruled out new crude purchases uh last week to refill the stockpile that they gave away or sold last year, which China got a bunch of that. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, not good. So as a result of that, I mean, <laughs> we're going to pay back way, we're going to spend way more putting that reserve, oil reserve back than what we got for it. So it makes me mad. Donald Trump filled us, filled our barrels so full, they had no place else to put it when it was so cheap. He went on a spending spree, and he bought all the oil he could buy when it was down to almost nothing during the glut, during COVID. And so, yeah. And the other thing that bothers me is that Saudi Arabia has now entered into an agreement with uh, China, and uh, they're doing some stuff with China, Saudi Arabia is, and we sure don't want to see that. Uh, as a matter of fact, Saudi Arabia is, is spending $3.6 billion in China to buy a 10% stake 
in the Rongxing petrochemical plant or company, which would, uh, they would supply about uh, a half million barrels of crude oil a day to that company in exchange. So, I don't know, it just seems like every time we pick it up, there's something worse. When you think it can't get any worse, you pick it up and it's just more, and it, and it all goes back to uh, poor leadership or, the, or, or weak leadership or the lack of leadership. And a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it has to do with a lack of leadership. And so that's, uh, that's tough for sure. Yeah, that's, that's tough for sure. The, uh, uh, I wanted to also mention, I don't know if you know this, talking about oil, Japan has started buying Russian oil. And they're paying more than the cap for it. So I, I don't know what that's going to do. You know, there's a big push to not buy Russian oil. Well, Japan said, no, we're, we're buying it. So in an in a effort to try not to fund the war with Ukraine, like I say, it just gets, it's like a bowl of spaghetti. It just gets more and more tangled up every time I've seen it. Today in Seneca, South Carolina, which is oftentimes, oddly enough, Seneca's cheaper than a lot of places. I'm not sure why that is. Pickens will be cheaper. Pickens Airport will be the cheapest avgas you can buy. Again, I'm not sure. I mean, I know South Carolina has low taxes, but the price jumped today in the upstate, 30 cents a gallon today, today. So, uh, you know, the <laughs> someone says American oil could replace all the oil we're importing now. Well, we proved it. We were a, a net exporter of oil in the final year of, of the Trump presidency. We shipped out more hydrocarbon fuel than we brought in. We were a net exporter. Of course, that changed dramatically on January the 20th. Uh, someone said we need to get rid of the tree huggers. Well, <clears throat> I'm not going to argue for sure. And so uh, we are... There's a bunch of alliances being formed, and and unfortunately, we're not. When I'll tell you what it started. When people saw what we did in Afghanistan, and we see how we treated Americans in Afghanistan, how we treated the Afghan, our, our soldiers in Afghanistan, the American soldiers in Afghanistan, and how we treated the 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 legitimate government of Afghanistan. When our friends see that, they feel like they can no longer count on the United States. And so why risk being punished by the axis of evil around the world, who seem to be have all the cards right now, why risk being punished by allying with America when America's not going to stand with you, when the, when, the, when the chips are down, when things get tough. So, yeah. And so, uh, just just saying that it's, uh, there's, a, there's a whole lot more to it. And when, when the United States is strong militarily, when it's strong economically, has a strong foreign policy, even if they don't like it, even if the foreign foreign policy is is not to their liking, when I mean, the OPEC countries hated Donald Trump for his push for domestic oil and oil independence. They hated him for it, fought him, tried to tried to get him out. I mean, they they funded lots of things in opposition to him. But they also made concessions to him because 
they saw that he didn't need them. He was going to put the country in a situation that he did not didn't need them. They could take oil, put it, you know, put uh, cream in it, and drink it for breakfast. You know, drink it instead of coffee because we didn't need it anymore. So even though they didn't like us and like him and what he was doing, it was still dealing from a position of strength and power and not of weakness or lack of leadership. Somebody's asking me, Sir, do you defend him over this trial and over this arrest and all this other stuff, this arraignment and everything? Well, obviously, no one, and I would never condone or defend someone for committing sin nor committing a crime. But here's the underlying truth that's been mentioned, but it's not been mentioned near enough, so let me explain it to you. If convicted of a felony, there's a slight chance of prison, but probably not, just because it probably wouldn't. But here's the reason why. That they Here's the reason. If they can convict him of a felony, he is now disqualified to run for the president of the United States. And the first court, if they convict him, he can't run until the appeal's heard and it's overturned. So once they get one on the books, he cannot run. And in my opinion, that's what this is about. We'll see. But in my opinion, that seems to be the, uh, I mean, the January 6th, all of that, it was about him not being able to run again. They hoped it was something there. The impeachment, two separate impeachments, once again, so that he could not run again. It was all about, that's what it was all about, that he could not run again. A felony charge so that he cannot run again. So, just, uh, just want you to know what's at stake. It's not the reputation of Donald Trump because, obviously, that's been drugged through the mud so much now. I mean, if anything, his supporters are more fired up than, uh, than, bef than before because they think it's politically motivated. But the bottom line is if they get a quick trial and a quick jury and a quick verdict, his run for the White House is over until he could get it appealed and overturned and be found innocent, and that could take years. So if they can just block him running in 2024, that's, that's the ultimate thing. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate, if they can just block him. Even if, it don't, even if they can't make it stick in a higher court, if they can just block it and then stonewall and keep him from running this time, whether they lose in, in the appellate courts or whatever, they really that's really not a, that's not important to them. Just trying to get him to not be able to run. And the main reason is because he does not respect their power, their political prowess, their clout. He doesn't respect any of that. The first non-politician, non-military leader ever elected to the White House of the United States of America. He was strictly a businessman, Donald Trump. Never held political office, never was a military commander. Check your records. Every other person to ever hold the office either held a previous political office or was a military leader of rank. One of the two. That's the only people we've ever elected. And we wonder why you don't have any, any, any political experience <laughs> and he makes so many political gaps. Because he's not a politician. But the, the, the question begs asking. And this was asked, remember about uh, 15, 20 years ago when the, the question was asked, are you better off now than you were then? Remember that? Well, the, the question is, is the American economy better off now than it was under President Trump? 
Are prices better off now? Are the inflation better off now? Are we strong militarily better off now? Is our position on the world stage with respect, is it better off now than it was then? And nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to ask that. Because there is a very loud, resounding no. People are screaming at their radios right now. I get it. <laughs> I do get it. That's what I'm talking about. So I saw a, I saw a bumper sticker load that said, anybody but Biden. <laughs> anybody but Biden. Anybody but Biden. I mean, I mean, I don't think they. I don't believe they. they anybody could run. I don't. I believe. Yeah, anybody could run. I don't believe they'd be voting anybody. Anybody but Biden. Even his own party is saying, "Yeah, I gotta go, and I gotta go, and uh, nothing will be heard till December the twenty-third. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I've, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll pick back up. I appreciate you being with us. I appreciate you being on board. Thank you so much and appreciate the mercy of the Lord. Let's, let's pray together. Our Father, we pray for those that are just come through surgery, for those that are sick and too sick to travel to have surgery. We pray for those that are, uh, Lord, hurting today, for those that are bereaved, for those that soon will be. Lord, we pray for the will of God, the mind of God, and, Lord, the mercy of God in every situation. Lord, you will be done. May we know the mind of Christ, and Lord, may you be pleased to help us in these days. Thank you for this Easter week. And Lord, may we understand the passion of the Lord Jesus to save us from our sins. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. I'm Pastor Randy Barton. Until we meet again, whether on the air or in the air, may God richly bless you.